Now, everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. You want to be the manager of the baseball team? Yes. You know the guy's name? Well, I should. Well, you tell me the guy's name's on the baseball I team. I say, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You ain't saying nothing to me yet. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> I'm telling him. You ain't saying nothing yet. Go ahead and tell me. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You know the guy's oh. name's on the baseball team? Yes. Well, go ahead. Who's on first? Yes. I mean the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. <laughs> Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I don't know. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Everything Old is New Again. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Douglas Viviani listening to that great classic Abbott and Costello routine that is, wow, almost 70 plus years old and still brings a smile to the ever jovial David Cohen's face <laughs> who joins me here. And growing up... Uh, I used to watch TV uh, a Did lot. Did you? I can probably I, I'm tell I'm not that. getting that impression. <laughs> but I also would listen to the radio a lot, doing gardening or being forced to do gardening around the house. You were forced uh, to do well, gardening? Well, you know, if you wanted to do, you want your, your you, you know, your $10 at the end of the week. You're mowing the lawn. You're not planting flowers. Oh, but I was planting flowers. I was pulling weeds, weeds. like crazy. Oh, wow. And what made it worthwhile, which, you know, I'm not saying that I loved doing it, but I just turned a ball game on the radio. Right. Loved to listen to baseball on the radio. It was tremendous. And just for the record, I think you and two, you, you and I are the the two last people in the world that actually refer to it as a ball game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I say the same thing. You know, Let's put the ball game on. My son looks at me like, "What? What do they call it? The game? Just I the guess. Game. They put the, you got the game on, or the Yankees, or whatever team yeah, you're rooting for. Not, not the ball. It's game. the ball game. Take me out to the ball game. <laughs> I mean, I would know every player, every team. You probably did the same thing. Yep. Uh, trades, stats. I'd argue base with my friends. We'd flip baseball cards, uh, I, and it was something that was great. We could share with our parents, grandparents, mom. My mom is, was into it in that yep. way, and even my grandmother. Right, we would go to a game, and my grandmother would say, "I'll watch the game and look for you." Like we we're actually going to find <laughs> us, you know. Uh, um, but but as a kid, you'd think, oh, grandma's. Oh yeah, grandma's you know? watching. I got right. my best behavior. Right. And so you you come home and you say, Mom, did you see Willie Mays hit that homer or whatever? You know, yeah. and um, or grandma. And, and so baseball was and possibly is still America's pastime. I think uh, that's going to be our discussion today to find out is baseball America's pastime. Um, I think, and if not, what happened? I, yes, I think we should explore that. And but I think the resounding answer. Sorry. Is it is not America's pastime, and because it it's a, a sports topic, and and of course we're a pop culture entertainment talk show, we will talk about this with uh, some experience, our own life experience. I wanted to bring in uh, a gentleman who hosts Sports Break, which is the talk show on Long Island News Radio every Sunday morning from ten a.m. till twelve a.m. Eastern Standard here Time here in New York. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, and you can listen to that show if you're not in New York at that time on Long Island News Radio.com and just press click live and you'll hear the show. His name is. Because <laughs> I've got to take a drink here. Oh, <laughs> Mike Amodio. How are you guys? <laughs> Mike, welcome. Welcome. Sorry Thank about that, much. Mike. I just kind of got choked Thanks up. For having, well, <laughs> having to share this, the, the, the time with you choked me up, I think. Probably the best introduction I've ever got. <laughs> Without, the problem is, it's right. probably the only one. Dave, right? <laughs> yeah. Dave who's good? <laughs> who's this guy? I sounded like an old man that says ballpark, right? <laughs> I just if they would allow smoking in here, I'd have a cigar and we'd be perfect. Uh, you know? yeah. um, but but Mike is basically bringing the reason we asked you here, Mike, is because he's bringing 
quote unquote, the younger fans perspective, as opposed to these two old geezers sitting across from <laughs> you. On this generation's, uh, you know. I'm representing us. Exactly. Right? He's going to be the representative of this generation's perspective. And, and that's uh, the younger, you know, folk, let's say, let's just call it 35 and under, let's say. Right. Gonna, and, and don't and, refer to it as ball game. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, Mike certainly also is uh, is working with us. Uh, he does a tremendous job uh, on our show uh, as as uh, our, our producer. We're, we're so happy to have him and, and thankful because we run clips and clips and clips and keep him busy. <laughs> so we'll, right. we'll try to do double duty here. And, and we'll start that off with a, a commercial for someone that I'm going to wonder. I'm just going to play it and see if Mike is familiar with who this character is. Jim Palmer throws hard, plays hard. But my hair, there I play it soft, natural. That's why I use Brill Cream. A little dab leaves your hair looking soft, even feeling soft. You remember that commercial? Now, now do you, I, any, I don't remember the commercial. I know the guy, though. Uh, Jim Palmer, Baltimore Oriole. Uh, yeah. Hall of pitcher. Famer, right? Yeah. And uh, so he, you know, back in the day, baseball players were doing commercials left and right. right. Uh, and they were, I think, players were, you know, more... Um, well, we would say promoted more and were more of a star feature uh, in our culture than they are now. Um, and, and that that just is an example of that with, with Jim Palmer. Um, I'll let you guys battle this out a little bit. I just want to throw out my point of view is that these days, today, when I'm at a ballpark and, I'll, and it's a park, right, and I hear instructions to clap, when I hear someone get up to bat and there's music playing galore, when there's nothing going on in between, the, the, the teams are changing after three outs, and all I can hear is blasting, blaring music or commercials. Um, it makes me wonder, you know, where we are with this game. I mean, Mike, have you experienced going to the ballpark Seriously, where there's just silence at any point in time? No, it, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like radio today, where it, there's no dead air. It, there's always something going on. You you know you got the hat game where you put the ball. There's always the games going on. You got the subway races. Everything uh, it's kind of crazy. It got it got a little bit commercial, uh, and that's what I think. Uh, and I think that st- speaks to you know baseball not being you know, at the forefront anymore. Right. I mean, they thought maybe that they'd make some more money, I presume, doing this stuff uh, and maybe bring the fan about. But I don't want to be... I mean, one that really bugs me is like, you know, clap now, yeah. you know, right. or they show the sign. I, whatever the saying is, let's go Mets or whatever stadium you're at. They all have a cheer, you know, yeah. and now it's time to present that cheer. Let's do it, guys. Because well, all the other sports are doing it. I mean, it's been and, and by the way, it's been like that for a long time. That's yeah. not oh, yeah. that is not a recent development. It might not have been that way back. You know, 60s, 70s. Well, it's recent in Yankee Stadium. I'm going to say only until about maybe about 10, 15 years. They stayed with a guy, the, the Eddie, if you remember the fellow yeah, on the oh, organ. Oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, they, they would just have an organ playing, yeah. and that was yeah. it. Right. When he passed away, I forget his name, poor guy. He was like 90-something. Eddie. Uh, uh, Eddie. Yeah, I forget. I should look, we'll look that up. We'll on look we'll it up. Do the Google on that one. I will do <laughs> the Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you, guys, uh, you guys both listen to a lot of radio, and I could just use that as an example the other day. You you know, the top of the fourth inning of the Yankee game was presented by Papa John's, as John Sterling told you. It's just everything. I don't know why, but it was. And, and it's, it's sponsorships, and they're all making money, and it's, and you know, it's kind of sad to see. Because you know? it takes away from the game. The purity. Uh, exactly. And, yeah. and, and I want to see the game, and I, the game has got strategy, it's got fun to it, and I, I want to see that. I, I, don't, I, want, I don't want to be in some kind of um, whirlwind where, where I'm, they pretend that I, I don't 
know what's going on in this game, and I need some encouragement by the team to tell me when to clap and and so forth. I mean, I'm, well, I'm on that, that but that's, and also they uh, uh, to that point. By the way, Eddie Layton was there the, you go. Oh, yes. the keyboardist, okay. the legendary Eddie, Eddie Layton at Yankee Stadium. Uh, but also, when you're watching the game on TV. Um, you know, you'll see the ads that are superimposed on yep. the behind home plate. Um, and and in, in addition, the over analysis of every pitch, of watching every pitch three and four times. And was it a breaking ball? Was it a fad? Was it what? It was just they, they beat it to death to the point where it's just not enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, we're going to um, uh, just listen to uh, my discussion, my point of view a little bit, but I want to hear everyone's point of view when we come back. Right now, I want to give an homage to the Saturday game of the week uh, with a little music of the, uh, the MLB Fox game of the week. And I love this, but they've done away with it now. What do you mean? It's still it's not on. Saturday game of the week anymore. Yes, we'll be right is. back. No, they've changed most of the games to Sunday on Fox now. Most of them are Sunday or Saturday night. Am I wrong? Uh, well, they, at four. I think they. I think they still have. It's not the game. It's not the game of the week anymore. There's like four or five games. It's of the regional. Week. So yeah, it's it, like it's it used not. to be. The game of the week was. And I know this is a different world, but the whole country saw one team. Yeah play right. and 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 it was like i don't but know there's something is, about when you're watching it and why the guy is that bad what why why was that good i didn't i didn't really because, have any interest in watching because you could team. watch even to this day i could watch any team anytime i wanted but if i right. know the country possibly could be attuned to this game and the two best announcers in theory in the country are announcing this game on saturday afternoon it becomes an event so you used to sit and watch love that saturday game of the week with joe garagiola and tony kubek i would watch that every week and that's a way we also be exposed to other teams and other players to get to learn about the league the only thing that's really comparable to it now is sunday night baseball it's the only game right. on at that time so you absolutely know, it, 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 right and uh yeah and it, they put out a pretty good product too i sunday. used to love it with uh, Morgan and, and uh, yeah. Miller. Yeah. Who's doing it now? Uh, it it's uh, uh, it's not Buck. It's um, so it's it's not Brennan. It's John Crook. Yeah, and, these guys uh, are they interchange a lot. Yeah, they're a little they're a little goofy. Guy, and, 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 and the guy used to play for Seattle, uh, the out the outfielder. Um, uh, could, anyway, we'll Google on that one and find out. But, you know, the point is that I used to love that Harold as a kid. Reynolds. And you want to bring the, yes, he's good, actually. But you want to bring the kids into it. Saturday afternoon is the time that at 4 or 2 or 12. That's the time for them. They want to hear a game. But it's with okay. their buddies at two in the afternoon. No, it doesn't exist. But it hasn't existed in many, that's many, 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 many years. That's part of the problem. We'll be right back on Everything Old is New. We can continue this argument that you love to have. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. Please rise and join in the singing of our national anthem sung by Jose Feliciano. Proudly we 
Held to hate to interrupt that song, but it's time to join us at Everything Old is New Again on our continuing discussion of baseball. Is it America's pastime? And if not, why not? Uh, Dave, I played that for you because I know that you're a big fan of Jose Feliciano. Chico and the man, baby. Yes, that was from the 1968 World Series. They brought out the big guns. Wow. They still do now, but uh, it was America's pastime for sure back then. Yep. And I think yep. some of the reason, again, I'm going to throw this to the, to, to our, our guest, Mike Modio and, and David Cohen in a few moments, but I want to just present my side of it for a moment is um, more like uh, and represented by the character of Pete Rose. Uh, let's listen to what he did in the World Pete Series. Rose played baseball at one speed, and that gear was on full display in 1970. So if you remember that uh, kind of... And most people don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pete Rose in an all-star game, not World Series, sorry, was right. barreling around uh, third base. There was a throw coming into home plate. Ray Fossey was an all-star catcher for the Oakland A's at the time and uh, was blocking the plate. And the ball hadn't got there just yet. And Rose, instead of just kind of going around the player, as they would now, and in fact, the rules have changed a little bit since then, uh, barreled over Ray, Fo- Ray Fossey in an all-star game to score the, all- the winning run of the, of the game in 1970. Yeah, it was a bang-bang play. It was really violent. To this day, I remember seeing those clips. Um, and Ray Fossey was never the same again. No. And uh, Michael, do you, would you say that you would ever see a play or the intensity of the play of of that type of thing going on in forget all-star game i'm saying in regular play to this day well uh yeah no i, I you'll never see that in baseball again i'll tell you why free agency is a big reason why you know uh, the All-Star game kind of lost its luster. You know, the guys going from different leagues. But back back in the 70s, you guys would attest to this. You know, uh, the NL and the AL, they didn't like each other. And there was a lot on and Not that there was a lot really on the line, but pride. And, and that you see that with Rose. With You know, a lot of people disagreed with what he did. But I think a lot of that had to do. And you'll never see that again. Uh, and also, you know, why you'll never see that even in a World Series game. There's just so much money invested into these guys. Right. And that, that dovetails a little bit into my question. You took it perfectly from the All-Star game to World Series. And I'll even yeah. say into regular play, the regular yeah. season. The, the strive for, I'm not going to say excellence. That's not fair. But the, right. the, the intensity and wish every inning and every at bat is played has uh, been lost the way Rose did and I, I would argue with you a lot of the older right. players did of course they didn't make the money they make no, now yeah. uh, it almost was like every pitch was like another dollar in their pocket you know they, they really had a struggle for it yeah Carlton Fisk Thurman Munson I mean all those really gritty type of players that would do anything to win yes and, and like Roger Maris in 61 let's listen to that, that 61st homer let's listen. the crowd is reacting negatively they want to see Maris uh, get something he can swing on See, I want to bring that up because to me, that's still the home run record for a single season. This other business that's, that went on since the steroids, I recognize that these players had talent. But Sammy Sosa uh, shouldn't be acknowledged in my world, in my, of the baseball world, 
as being an equal to Roger Maris or Babe Ruth with you know with this this record because of the steroids issue. Has he uh, Michael been uh, in, involved with steroids? I know um, uh, McGuire has, but uh, right. Sammy Sosa, Sosa was oh, yeah. implicated too. So, right? He even had yeah. a cork bat at one point. Yeah, you know, um, and it, he also had I think it was four or five straight years of over fifty home runs. You know, and, and he was definitely implicated at some point. He had he famously went uh, before Congress and. Uh, said he couldn't speak English and couldn't <laughs> that's, testify. That's right. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's definitely a different... I still look at 61 as the number to beat, um, but, you know, there's a lot of people that look the other way on it. And now here we talk about, Dave, we talk about uh, statistics with baseball. That's what we're bringing up at this point. And, and is that a reason why baseball is or is not successful? What do you feel uh, in terms of when you grew up? Was statistics in baseball uh, relevant to you? Here you are. You're leading the witness again. Yes. Yes. Of, of course they were, Doug. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm being a good boy. Well, no, but- no. You're absolutely right. You know, growing up as a boy, and I knew plenty of girls who were like this, too. It was all about the stats and who had a higher average. And you knew everybody's batting average, by the way, um, which was kind of weird. If you think about it today, unless you're a fantasy baseball owner, um, but you, you knew everybody's batting average. And when that whole thing went down with the race for, with Sosa and McGuire and the whole country was so focused on that home run race, it definitely soured everybody to that. And, and that's, I would say it bastardized uh, a significant portion of the importance of baseball in that you could relate number wise. My grandfather saw Babe Ruth play was a huge fan of Willie Mays. Uh, He could tell me about that, but I couldn't kind of relate until I saw my ball players when I was growing up. And I would see, like, you know, um, John Milner for the Mets in 1973 hit, like, 19 homers. That was a home run hitter. And he would tell me how Harmon Killebrew, I'd watch Harmon Killebrew hit 50 homers. And, in other words, you could relate with the numbers, the significance of the import of these past players. But now those numbers are meaningless. Right. So now the discussion between family members or friends or whatever, it's kind of... it's kind of lost in, in the shuffle. So another Michael, reason why it's not the pastime anymore. Well, possibly. And I'm going to ask Mike, do you uh, you know, see that on your end as a younger individual? Are numbers and stats important to your friends and family or people that you talk to baseball with? Yeah, I, they're still important. Uh, just, you know, the overall all-time numbers kind of gone away. You know, the 500 home run club is just not important anymore. And I remember even when I was younger, uh, you know, when I was eight years old and, and, you know, when all this was going on, you know, the Sammy Sosa, McGuire and all that, you know, that was a big deal. But, you know, now you look at it and, 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 you know, you got guys that really just shouldn't. I mean, the fact that Rafael Palmero has more home runs than Mickey Mantle is kind of laughable. Yes. Isn't it? You know, yeah. and, and now they're saying yeah. he's a compiler and all that, which, yeah, you know, now we've you know, created new terms and exactly. new murky water. How do I explain to Leo in uh, eight years from now when he's uh, 11? That's your you know, son, just so yes. people know. Right. <laughs> how, do we, how do I relate to him Rusty Staub's numbers in 73, right. you know, to the guys today and say Rusty was just as good as let's say uh, it's, you know, it's blemished the whole thing it and really that's what has. hurts it hurts the game yeah. um, let's listen to back in the day when they Joe Garagio describing Harmon Killebrew in one of the games I just I think it's a kick here's Harmon Killebrew you talk about your strong man take a look at this fella talking about his power he said he could hit it out of any park in America and that includes Yellowstone starting in 59 he had 42 home runs 31 46 48 and so on 
He was revered, and uh, but what a kick! Like the the, the word Look at this fella. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't know, I, I don't, I do see it somewhere, but in, in the announcing, yeah. do you find you know that, you tell me your experience? I don't find that kind of description happening all that much the, about these players. Well, it's funny the the guys that still do it are the guys that have been around forever. You know, you got Vin Scully who's still you know he's still doing it. It's like uh, he's got to be in his high eighties at this point, right. and it's and it, he paints a picture. Yeah. Exactly, even on TV. I mean, radio, of even course you TV. have to do it. But that, that was real gradual on TV even. Right. Huh? And that, that brings you into the lulls in between the pitches and so forth. It, it makes it, you know, kind of interesting. Think about what I just pulled up there. which just it brought a smile to our face right. for five minutes. Do that all game long, you know. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, in a way, lost, I, I think. Definitely. Um, Definitely is. You know, and... Uh, at I, least, in, well, listen, at least on the national broadcast, New York broadcast, I think when I listen to some of these out-of-town games, the local broadcast... Broadcasters, I, I, and out of town meaning not New York. Right. Um, I think there's still some of that flavor there. There's still some real character kind of broadcasters that add some color to the game, what you're watching. But for the most part, yeah, on a national level, it's and not I think there. And I think it's sorely needed. Also, what's, well, I'll make it real quick. I have a story about Homer Kilroy. I met him a little ways back and had him sign an autograph. And everyone knows, uh, this is a story now, he signed the autograph so you could read his autograph. Yeah. And he tells right. all the young players or did when he was alive, listen, guys, we want to know what your name is be proud of it announce it sign it so we, we can hear it and see huh. it so they wrote a song about this character I mean, the, the Harmony Killebrew, uh, you know, I'm just picking on one particular player in the 60s to time travel a little bit. He was out of town for us. So maybe he was, you know, I, I saw him on Game of the Week. Basically, it, I'd, right. read, I'd read the bo- I read the box score every day. Mike, do you read the box score nope. every day? Not anymore. No. What happened to the box scores? No, no newspapers. What's up with that? You I know, mean, they're not all in one spot anymore. Yeah. I, I have to go to MLB.com. You can always do that. You look right. it up, and I do that all the time. But that's a skill and an art that, that's been lost. I used to follow Harmon Killebrew. I don't know why. It just was a thing as a kid. Through, uh, he had a cool name, too. He really Killebrew, did. I mean, but listen to the way they described him on TV and stuff. He was a big, hulking guy. He was a lot Look of Look at fun. this fella. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Everything old is new again. Dots. No, Now, back to America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Listen to this ovation for Rose. Here it is. He's up for his last turn. He's got to do it right here. Or a streak is broken. Now the 2-2. Hold on, Nick. Rose's streak is broken. The Braves win. And Rose is getting another this is that crowd standing ovation. Pete Rose, um, forty-four game uh, streak. Uh, it shocked Dave so much that he, he just uh, fell over the, the microphone there. But um, so I in other words, his forty-four game end, uh, hitting streak ended, ended did not break. And still got a tremendous standing ovation. Fans loved him. Let's not talk about now. I'm talking about as a player. I absolutely hated this guy. But he was one of these you love to hate kind of thing. Yeah, if he was on your team, you loved him, right? Cincinnati Red fans loved him. Mike, did you play baseball? Yeah, I played baseball, yeah. I know there was references when I grew up all the time from coaches, Charlie Hustle and whatever. Do they still talk about him or no? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I had some old school coaches in high school. And yeah, it was all about hustle. And they always used Pete Rose 
says in fact he was actually a uh, uh, one of my third base third base coaches uses him as a sign to steal I believe it was see that yeah. because I'll tell you because Rose will tell you himself he, he didn't he had talent of course but he didn't have the best talent in the world he all star was also I think five positions he was out when he was you know a veteran when and, and was traded to Philadelphia and he was out taking ground balls two three hours before every game he loved that batting cage he was at the batting cage two three hours a day he was a superstar at the time he didn't in theory have to do that right. but he showed that work ethic and and it really was it, it permeated the game even like when Derek Jeter yep. used to play for the Yankees yep. not exactly the same but the same in the attitude don't you think like when a player came from another team to the Yankees and got into that clubhouse and they were there with Derek Jeter if Jeter said listen guys you got to be here early tomorrow we got to take some grounders you were there early to take some grounders yeah he was a leader and that's exactly what Pete Rose was same thing as uh, but and a leader by example that's the important thing yeah Yes, and uh, here's another. Like, I'm just took a look, I'm focusing on the players a little bit here. We're going to the '70s. I want to just focus on the players because I think baseball's lost it a little bit on the player end, and we'll talk about that in, in the next segment. But I want to talk about and, and see if we can relive uh, a real couple of real great, great times in the '70s. Aaron waiting the outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. Marvelous moment for baseball. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. And that's, that was totally memorable. You got to remember the time and the place in the 70s, early 70s. He was getting death threats left and right because yeah. he was going to beat right. Babe Ruth's record. And, and there was some racism going on Trivia there. Trivia question. Who, who gave it up? Uh, oh, I used to know this. I don't know. Oh, uh, uh, wait a minute. Downing? Downing? Downing. Yes. Al Downing. Uh, Al Downing. And, and who's, who's <laughs> funny, whose head, you heard it, did that ball fly over, who's also infamous as a Boston Red Sox? Oh, he played the outside outfield back then, and then 15 years later, he was in the World Series against the Mets, playing first know. base. Buckner? Yes. Really? Oh, Buckner. Really? It flew over his head. It was, it's amazing. Wow. It's and these kind of things, and look at the longevity. Bill Buckner, as we just talked about, he played yeah. for, like, that was just an example of 16 years he played. He played something like 20 years. A lot of these guys stuck around. Yeah. Mike, are they sticking around that long now? Uh, no. no. To be honest, uh, you're lucky to see a 15-year career these days. And know? that's some of it, too, right? I mean, if you're not promoting your players or your players are not, you know, center of attention of your game and, and, and the people that can recognize these right. players, then you're going to kind of lose a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you, you don't see the stars because, you know, they, they make a ton of money. You know, so uh, you're 36, 37, you can't do it anymore. You know, you walk away. You see the guys that aren't making that much money hanging around, you know, the the lefty specialists and, right. you know, uh, and guys like that. But, uh, you know, like Scott Schoenweiss kind of guys, you know, but... Um, you know, as for the stars, you don't really see them go much yeah. past 15 years. Right. And yeah. you used to see them go 20, 22 yeah. years. I'm just saying it would give you a flavor. You, you'd see the, you, the, the, you know, man, DiMaggio handed off to Mantle, handed off to the, you know, to the next guy. It was, well, plus they wouldn't play for you anymore. Like, like Seinfeld right. says, you're rooting for the uniforms. I mean, these guys would stay with a team. Right. And you, and what you'd about, identify them with a team. Right. And what about personality? You want to hear personality? Listen to this. See if you remember this guy. He is just starting to heat it up. What's getting me is he's giving me duck bumps, and I'll wash over 8,000 ballgames. The fans are cheering. Let's go, Mark. Here's Hendricks. And here comes Hendricks off the mound. He's saying, settle down, Paul. 
The 3 2 to Hendricks. The fans ready to explode. Here's your pitch. Ground ball should be the ball game. It's over. And the Tigers act like Fidrix has just won the seventh game of the World Series. So Mark Fidrix thanking his teammates. Look at that. He's thanking his teammates. He's thanking the umpires, everybody, the ground crew. The fans are calling for him to come back. Only played a couple of years, unfortunately, because he he got injured. Mark Fedrich, yes, Detroit of the year, uh, 1976. That was a Monday night game against the Yankees. I remember. Who remembers remember specific that. games during the, the regular season. season? Yep, I remember that game. I could tell you where I was. Um, just we don't really want to know that. But <laughs> I would. I'll, I'll, yeah. but, well, let's let's talk about. What, but well, why was he? The character he was, Mark Fedrich. Do you remember what he used to do before the game and, and during the game? He used to talk to the ball. He and he would talk to the ball. Talk to the ball. He would also pound the mound down and yeah. su- with his hands. He, that was not a joke. He would, at the end of every game, and he completed a lot of games, he would shake the hands of every player. Like, like as he was so revered, but in reverse, he, he was thankful to his players. It was so humbling. He thanked the umpires. Right. For Has doing anybody a good ever job. done that? No, he was no. such a nice guy, but he was he has this crazy. tremendous he talent. He was a little touched. He was a little... But well, they brought such personality yeah, to the game. Yeah, exactly. He brought a lot of color to the game. Everybody oh, wanted to God. watch him, whether you were a Tiger fan or not. You wanted to see Mark Fidrich. And, and the bird. Right? Yes, and the 70s had these guys. They, they had Hank Aaron, Mark Fidrich, uh, Reggie Jackson. You know, do we have those kind of players now? Uh, not with that kind of character. I mean, uh, it... You'll never see another Birdman type guy like uh, that. Have you heard of him? I'm just. Like, I have heard of Fidrich. Did yeah. you ever see him pitch? No, no, he was before me. Yeah, uh, you know, he had a short career. I, he was a tiger, um, but yeah. But I mean, he, they like on on YouTube. Oh or yeah, whatever. no, I, I've I've definitely seen clips of him before, and it, it's crazy, and it's actually you know comical to watch. Yeah, he reminded me also like Hal Horbowski, if you remember him, was a, was a, a pitcher. Uh, was a reliever for Saint uh, Atlanta and also for the Cardinals. The Mad Hungarian. The Mad Hungarian. Man, we played softball together. I used to imitate him because he would he would go behind the mound with his back to the to the plate, and he'd psych himself up and throw the ball and. He'd his glove turn around like a mad Hungarian, like a yeah. like a bull, and he was psyched and ready to go, and he do it all the time. And he was a great pitcher, and uh, he throw the ball, and he'd scare the heck out of half the, the players. The difference in society, though, yes. is, is is that that happened today. You know, first off, his name wouldn't be the Mad Hungarian because <laughs> right. it's probably politically incorrect. Exactly. Right. And and that you know they would be all over Sports Center, and there would be columnists talking about is this is this okay for baseball? And there would be an hour long segment. It's it's kind of sad because that is a great part of baseball, where you would never see that again. Yeah, today. He'd be in like you know anger management. You know, they make yeah, it, it's crazy. You know, there would be some kind of social group for him. Uh, there was a game. Yeah. I'll tell you. I remember this. He was a game. He threw. He he got mad at the umpire. Didn't like the pitch. Right. Umpire threw the, the ball came back. He rejected the ball on purpose. Didn't throw it back. He grounded it back to the to the plate. Umpire got pissed about that. He was like, "What is what is that? This is disrespectful." The umpire threw a ball out, threw it like halfway to the mound, so it grounded to the pitcher. Yeah. And so Al Harbowski had to pick it up, and he stared at the umpire, and the umpire stared back for a good you know thirty seconds, which is a long time. And then they continued on their way. Yeah, you just don't see anything like that anymore. No, uh, you know. We'll be right back. I just want to hear so I take a breath. Deep to left field. Home run. It's a home run. They've signaled home run. Donnie Bench has just hit his second home run. Sorry about that little snafu. But it's... Uh, 
it, it's something that's a shame because with maybe in society too, but we're taking uh, some of the personality away from the game by taking or giving lim- so many limitations on the behavior of these players. Well, right. but but it's weird that you guys are saying that because. The, the grandstanding that happens with players right now. Oh, well, that's never, but, but, even... but it's similar. But because you don't have the Mark Fridriches and the Al Rabassis, the colorful players and the Pete Roses. But you have guys that will, you know, just showboat and, yeah. and, and taunt the other team. And, and that's acceptable behavior now. Whereas, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Oh, that's that's a big. I no-no. see what you're saying. You're saying the reverse. You're saying, like, why are we accepting the behavior when a guy hits a homer? He stands at home plate for 20 seconds, you know, right. uh, as opposed opposed to, um, you know, a guy that's just a fierce competitor like Rose was. What Rose, I mean, think about how Rose would have been ostracized, um, oh, yeah. you know, in, in his play right. when he was at, at, uh, in the World Series and he got into a fight with Bud Harrelson, if you remember that. Yeah. Oh, gosh, uh, yeah. I mean, just saying these things. Like, but he, he, he was a Ty Cobb-ish kind of guy. Like, how would that go over in today's game? In the Twitter world, you definitely, you know, you could just see a Pete Rose tweet going awry, you know, after after. A tough game or fighting with the buddy house. You mean Rose then being yeah, you, relating uh, to his social could, media? Couldn't you just see him on social media? You know, kind of losing his mind a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, I could see he was a fiery type of guy, yeah. definitely, and he'd probably get ostracized. Where you definitely have a different look at what Rose was. Yeah, and uh, we'll uh, come back, back after this and see if we can summarize all of this uh, fantasy and fanaticism. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Welcome back to Everything Old is New. Again, we're discussing the state of baseball, and we're focusing basically on the 60s and 70s players in our discussion, just to juxtapose them to the players of today. There's enough time in between those players when they played and now to kind of compare baseball and its popularity and where it stands. And I just want to finish off with the clips, and then I want to have a a detailed discussion with uh, my guest, Mike Amodio, and of course, David uh, Cohen. I I want to um, just point out one more star that was in the 70s that we cannot ignore. Actually, really two of them, this, this clip. Deep to left field. Home run! It's a home run! They've signaled home run! Donnie Bench has just hit his second home run of the night. A three-run homer. And the Cincinnati Reds now lead 6-2. to two. That's, of course, uh, Reggie Jackson hitting his third home run in the World Series. Uh, 77. In 1977. Before that was Bench against the Yankees, clinching the, year the Reds uh, winning, right, the year before. So those are two monumental players 
from the 70s and 60s that, I mean, all of these guys, you can't just say one era. It's funny. They, 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 they go over 70s, 60s, even, even in the 80s. Um, they played for such a, a significant amount of time. But Reggie was the, uh, the straw that stirred Stir the, the drink. drink. Remember that? Um, there were articles in the newspaper about Jackson, Jackson and Martin, the Yankees, uh, Munson, his disagreements and so forth. Just to focus on, on Reggie for a moment, uh, uh, Mike, uh, what's your impression of Jackson and his history? I was just going to say, you could argue that he's the first modern-day athlete that's a star. Like, a, a modern-day star where, you know, flashy and, you know, all that. And, and, you know, back in the day, it was a hard-nosed guy, uh, are, are typically your stars of the sport. But he was the first guy, you know, he was the first guy to make a million dollars in the sport. And uh, and he'd fit right in today, right? I mean, that's right your point. Today. He was the pioneer yep. of today's player. Absolutely. He also had a point. great candy bar named after him. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> Red Reggie bar. bar? You probably don't remember that I, one. I, I know the story. Uh, what was it? After opening day, they, uh, they were all throwing him on the field because he had a homer. Yeah. Right. Because he was, wait a minute now, because at that point he was uh, an A, a, a California Angel at the time. I believe so. He yeah. was traded in the offseason, so he came to New York and he hit a home run against the, uh, right. the Yankees and the fans... <laughs> I mean, where do you get that? No. Uh, I remember Hideki Arabu pitching for the Yankees yeah. in the 90s. Uh, I had season tickets for 10 years. and um, The fat toad, yeah. as uh, Steinbrenner called him. <laughs> yes. uh, and I remember, though, the, the, he, Reggie, Reggie was an influence in that area, in that, I think, um, because I remember the first game he pitched for the Yankees. He was a big Japanese star, if you don't yep. know. And he really fizzled out here. But his first game for the Yankees, he was going to be the next Tom Seaver or whatever. Yeah. And they served in the stands for the first time ever, and I don't think since, sushi. Hmm, and you I could get, instead that. of hot dogs, you could get sushi. Yeah. And I you would sample, I sampled it. It was pretty bad. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yankee Stadium sushi. I no, I meant Hideki Arava was, no. Uh, <laughs> no, both were, were comparable, but it was just like, that was, that, I, that was a throwback to me. Yeah. It was, wow, this guy's got some personality. We're trying to build, so he, right. he didn't. Right. The right. marketing team for the Yankees oh, had yeah. personality. But Reggie didn't have to have that. Reggie no. was the personality. Yeah, he marketed it himself, you know, and, and yeah, and, mm. and it was a whole storyline. I mean, you guys know more than anything. It was the Bronx Zoo, 70, you know, late 70s Yankees. They were great, but there was always controversy between, you know, Billy Martin, Thurman, Reggie. Yeah, it, was it was literally a soap opera. Yeah. I would, we would go out, and I was a kid. It wasn't working, or I worked you know, different shifts, whatever, but so the news, again, no internet. The newspaper was key, right? Did you do this, Dave? Oh, sure. You would run out, like, I don't know, 12, 1 o'clock, the newspaper came. Right. You right. ran out to get it, because yep. you wanted to go right to the sports page and do what? And look at the box score. And? And read about the latest goings on in, uh, in, in the what do they call it? The Bronx Zoo. The Bronx Zoo yeah. for three, four years at least. Uh, and before that, the Oakland A's had the same kind of setup going. Right. Uh, we weren't in that area. Well, but you saw it played out on TV, on national TV. When uh, I mean, you, Mike, you were probably too young when, when uh, Billy Martin substituted somebody for, for Reggie in the oh, outfield. Yeah. And after the inning was over, they got into not only a shouting match, but they started going after each other. At right? Fenway. At Fenway uh, on national Fenway. TV. And that's a, the classic clash of... You know, the modern-day players, you right. said, Mike, and the old-school manager, Billy Martin. That's a very good point. Yeah. But, but he's, he modern, he's modern, but now the real modern player now. Are we going to see, or do we see, you tell me, are there any 
Pete Rose's Johnny Bench, which was quite a quiet fellow, but a, a, a leader and an icon and, and one of the four best players they're saying uh, now, right? That, that's yeah, that's uh, living. living. Although I would argue that uh, that Barra is a better catcher and a better player. Yeah, than I think him. it was more of a Cincinnati move. I, probably yeah. right. Yeah. So there's a little little something there. I think Barra's a little. Maybe he didn't want to travel anyways. Yeah, he's up there. But not. anyway, um, my point being is that these players today are there players like the Rose, the Bench, the the, the Jackson, the Fidrich, uh, even you know uh, Mark Belanger, who was uh, a little shortstop for for the uh, the, the Baltimore Orioles, but you knew because he was so flashy with the glove, you know. Um, well, I think you could look no further than Mike Trout, uh, guys like that. Bryce Harper, uh, Bryce Harper is a little bit more flashy than Trout, but uh, you know the both of them have all the talent in the world, and they could be your next generation of you know Willie Mazes and guys like that. You know, I mean that's all the comparisons I'm hearing from Mike Trout is he's the next Willie Mays, and and you've heard how many times have you heard that? You've heard that a million times, but this guy looks like he could be the real deal. In terms of yeah, that. if he stays healthy, and I, you I know, think so. I, you heard it about Tiger Woods and and his comparison to to Nicholas Jack Nicholson, and and you don't right. have to be that. He right. came second, let's say, to yeah. that. You know, in so far, right? But look what Tiger Woods did for the sport of golf. Yeah, one player, but it's, it's individual sports. It's a little different, but still, right. one player brought a lot of attention to it. Um, I think bird, bird and Magic it brought the NBA back from the dead. Right. So if we and if you look at the All Star Game this year, many of the players, what we say, about eighty percent of the players played in the All Star Game one to three years. Right. So hopefully those players are not, you know, just going to not. All right. But here's again. the thing. Can I say it now? I mean, we're talking yes. about why why baseball we don't think is America's pastime anymore. Um, and and it, it's not. And, and I don't think it ever will be again because a few things are happening. One is I think the first thing that killed it was football. And then after that, it's not to me, again, in my world, uh, <laughs> to me, it's not a game that that is doing well in today's culture. Today's culture with social media and multi-screens and instant gratification and, and no one, especially Mike, you can, I, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but the younger generation, no one can sit there for such a long period of time and watch one, let's face it, very slow-moving game. There's not a lot of action that happens in baseball. The, o- the only people that could still watch it, it's my favorite sport uh, by far. Um, but it, I played it, and I think that that attributes to what you're saying. You know, if you if you've never played baseball before in your life, it, it's impossible to watch a game. It <laughs> right. really right. is. Yeah, it, you're, you're never right. you're never getting a casual fan. Whereas football, you know, you got fantasy football. You, you don't have to know anything. You just got to show up, and you you could have a great time watching. And the that game. is important. It goes back to the stats a little bit too. Right. Yeah, because that's part of the beauty of baseball is the generational thing. You're passing it to your yeah. family and and you're talking about stats and compare players. Also, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that baseball doesn't promote their players as well as they should have and could, uh, for sure. It's tough Also, also the, the games, I mean, I used to watch a game for two hours and five minutes. Yeah. That, that's enough. Honestly, mm-hmm. I love baseball. I'm the biggest baseball yeah. fan, maybe just as big as anybody in this yeah. room. But I can't sit and watch it either. Yeah. I mean, um, these games are four hours long. Stop already. Stop with the gloves, putting the gloves on and taking them off and stepping out of the box, which they, don't, they can't do right. anymore. But, I mean, let's. you watch an old game, go to YouTube. Watch it all. Full games there. 
hour and 35, hour and 35, hour and 55. What's happening? The pitcher gets the ball, and he throws it. And it's beautiful. It's a work of art. Yeah. They've destroyed the art with all this, this nonsense, with this, these ticks and things that these players do. Yeah, you know? I, I also believe, you know, the fact that it, it, it's a pitching game now. And, and this generation, and I could speak, you know, I'm part of it. Um, you know, I don't officially agree with this, but... You know, they're looking for offense. They're looking for they're looking for four hundred foot home runs. They're looking for you know they're not looking for one nothing games with. But when you've got so much offense, then it's then then the then it's uh, again it's it's not the center. It's hard to root for a game that's ten nine when it, when you know you're gonna you're gonna want to watch that game round the clock if it's going to be a one nothing game because you don't know what's going to happen. It means so much. All right, well we've resolved that issue. We're going to come back uh, <laughs> next week and continue some more discussion about baseball. Well, come on back. Out at the old ball game. And actually, we're back here to just to finish up the, some of the thoughts. Dave, you, so you think there's no hope at all? Do you think some changes could be made to to change? No, it's a, it's it, it's going to continue to die out. I think it's going to continue to lose interest. Uh, it's going to lose interest to younger people as the generations go by. Um, I think the steroids thing killed the game. Um, and I think there are too many other competing sports, events, shows, social activities that uh, baseball will never recover. And Mike, do you agree or where are you on this? I, I, I somewhat agree. Yeah, it's it, steroids killed it. it. It rejuvenated from the 94 potential strike and the, oh, the 94 strike and then it killed it again. I say don't count it out. Uh, you got to give it a few years, but I think we're coming back with a new, new batch of players that's going to really revitalize. Thanks for joining us on Everything Old is New again.